Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we were joined by Maven Dave. And that, of course, is Maven Dave Dempsey, the co-founders of Super Yacht Radio. We knew nothing about it until today, so we, uh, yeah, we, we, we found out a bit more about it because Roman Abramovich had just spent 430 million quid on a super yacht. Andy not massively impressed, as you'll discover. Uh, and, of course, we spoke to Martin Kellner at a week of sport on TV. Uh, away from the sport on TV, Mike Ward joined us with a bit of non-sporting telly. So that's uh, pretty much it. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And of course, my doorbell's just gone off. hasn't gone off the whole morning, but as soon as I start the show, yes. off it goes. It's like no the phone party. will ring in a minute. It's Mr. Blobby. <laughs> going to come in and start wrecking everything, I guess. It'd be good if you had guest stars, because you yeah. you're coming from home, sort of looking after your wife at the moment. So it would be nice if, mm. if now, oh, who's at the door? It's Frank Skinner. He can come on and do 10 minutes. Oh, who's at the door? Well, look, it's Russ Abbott. It might be fun, might it? See if we can make that happen. Yeah, it might be, it might be good. Yeah. And uh, mm. Fletch talking about a lovely day to put the washing out today. Yeah, it's like, so I thought I was washing? with me nan. I thought he's going bingo <laughs> no. after this. Oh, lovely day. Good day for the washing, isn't it? <laughs> Who does the washing on a Friday? No one does washing on a Friday. No, oh, eight seven one seven double two double three double four. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, I've just about got over the cricket. I'm, uh, we were talking well, we're going to bring it up again when Neil Manthorpe in half an hour. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. I said to you, though, that I'm, I'm amazed at some of the reaction from some ex-players. I won't name them. They all think, oh, this was great. You know, this was, this was a disaster for Test cricket. And a lot of people realise that, too. I mean, mm. it, it was really poor. The worst thing we could have done was win the first Test because, you know, they obviously decided that, oh, no, we don't want to play England on a pitch that they might actually win on. Yeah. Let's give them one that they've got no chance on whatsoever. Which is not the unusual in Test cricket. That's fine, but that this was such an extreme, mm. and there is a call really to, if they were a county, they'd be deducted points and mm. fined. Yeah. And there is a now a new World Test Championship, so there is a case to deduct points. And Ooh. I think it's rather a pity mm. because I do think India are a wonderful team. I love watching them play. I think they're probably better than England, especially in India, and they don't need to do that. They didn't mm. need to do what they did, and now. Broadcasting companies, radio stations, people are left with three days of output to try and find something to put in them. Yeah, you know, and and it's completely unnecessary. And it, it, I just cannot see the point. Anyway, we'll, we'll speak to Neil Manthorpe about it. Um, I've decided watching football this week mm. uh, that passing the ball backwards has become a plague besetting football. Right, it, it's to do with ball retention, lack of confidence. But so many players' first thought is to go backwards. Yeah, nobody wants to turn on the ball and play. F- playing forward now is a prized commodity. 
commodity. Yeah, no, I agree. <clears throat> I wonder if people, whether this will change or whether coaches will think that this is, because it's actually quite tedious, you know. I, and Often teams just don't seem to be getting anywhere. Watch Real Madrid trying to b- batter Atalanta. And eventually they did score. It was a lovely goal, actually. And uh, I was quite enjoying the Arsenal game last night until they until scored. Until they scored, yeah. <laughs> I thought you might be. So I was just saying to Perry, it was he was slightly why He said, knowing I have to come in today with my tin hat on because I've not been in for a few weeks if we'd lost the game. But, you know, fair play. Saka again, he's no, a special player. Yeah, he's it's a, a lovely, wonderful player. Lovely ball. Yeah. And it took, you know, that'll do him a lot of good, I think, because to be at the position they were in with like 20 minutes left and to turn that around and win it was a very good result. Yeah. Good for the confidence, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something about that team that's not quite right, though. They, they look all right yeah. at times and then they sort of have put in, like a lot of teams, very inconsistent. Mm. Uh, I noticed this week in the paper they had like a typical uh, weight loss uh, picture. Somebody One, holding out an old pair of their trousers, was it? Or? Old pair of trousers. Mm. So I did something that I've always wanted to do, that, which is order a pair of size 50. I'm only a 30. Right. I thought I'd order a size 52. A 30? Th- <laughs> Hello? Yeah, 31. Well, 31. Mm. You're 31? No, waist, ah. waist, not stomach. <laughs> stomach hangs over. Thirty-eight cannonballs. <laughs> so you got, it's quite, it sits quite high, does it? How many months are you, Mrs. Cannon. Jacobs? Fantastic. Well, Thirty-one waist. That's impressive. Wow. Okay. I know. Mm. Yeah. And uh, so I thought I'd order a size. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Size 52. Mm. And, and then I'd have a, let the wife take a photo of me holding him up. Oh, and I'd send it into the paper. Yeah. Have you, have you ordered a pair of size 52 trousers? Well, I went to, I had a look on Amazon, but they were £18.99. I was saying to Sue last night, is that too much for a joke? £18.99. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't no, decide. It's a bargain for a joke. <laughs> I, just, I just love the fact, because you, you are a kind of a minor celebrity, maybe that's pushing it, but you have certain notoriety. There will almost yeah. certainly be a newspaper that phones you up after you've sent the picture out. And they say, so, Andy, where did you lose all this weight? And you'd say, well, no, I haven't lost any weight. I just bought a big pair of trousers and held them up. Down, hello? Down goes the phone. Why shouldn't you do that, Andy? I think it'll be good. I'm looking Maybe the listeners to have it. done it. I wonder if the listeners have, uh, have ever bought a big pair of trousers and held them up. No, I just one, wonder. No one would have done that. No, I wouldn't think that's a bit, bit ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> no, it does mm. seem a bit ridiculous. Mm. And uh, I, this um, the forthcoming uh, marriages caught my eye this week in the Times, where this is an engagement is announced between Captain F. C. Wellesley oh, yeah. and Captain K. E. Lambert. And I was thinking, who's going to be the captain? Yeah, that's that's very true. Who's going to wear the armband in that in that uh, particular marriage. marriage? Or she? Oh, she wears the armband in this marriage. It'd be all that, wouldn't it? I said, Captain. I said, what? <laughs> exactly. Mm. And uh, and it's going to be hotter than Rome. The Daily Star. Oh, they've great. run out of places. <laughs> it's, it's hotter than is it is Mexico, yeah. uh, Mallorca, but this is hotter than Rome for some reason. They hotter just than Rome. To pick them. Didn't think it was particularly hot, but it was a nice day. It's a lovely day today. Certainly, it's a good day. Put the washing out, I understand, from the news headlines today. (laughs) That's very true. Mm. And I'm looking forward to discussing Roman Abramovich's yacht. Yeah, with Dave and Maeve and Dave. (laughs) There's been a lot of letters to the... I mean, uh, Brian Lee was typical Mm. of people who wrote and said, he already has a £475 million super yacht. Wouldn't be much of a yacht, would it? 475 quid. (laughs) really, A £475 million super yacht. Why does he need another costing £400? Hundred thirty million, mm. and you think well, it's a good point, isn't it? Really, yeah. <laughs> when you when when Erling Haaland is on the market for about hundred million, I know I'd rather you have. could buy it. You could get Sancho, Haaland, <laughs> and sling in a couple of others, can you? Whoever you fancy, Dybala, whoever you fancy, uh, Oblak, Mbappe, Oblak, and he'd still have yeah, he'd still have a few quid for a Ryan boat, wouldn't he? 
That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Super yeah, Yacht Radio. Who knew? We certainly didn't to about an hour ago. But we will be speaking to Maven Day from Super Yacht Radio. We're going to tell us more about uh, Roman's new... So I wonder what sort of programmes they have on Super Yacht, Super Yacht Radio. Yeah, that's a good point. Solaris, really, yeah. are they all that? Adrian Durham, oh eight seven one seven double two double three double. That'd be good, wouldn't it? So, if you've yeah. got any programming, we'll put them to uh, Maeve and Dave, Dave and Maeve from Super Yacht Radio a little bit later on. So, um, get in touch. Talksport. Maybe they're a bit like us. We yeah. did yachting, didn't we, on Talksport? Perhaps they do the odd football report or something, just for a little bit of difference. You know? Yeah, mate. When it feet like they would have done this because it's it's football and and super yachts, isn't it? Really. But <laughs> yeah. what programming would you like to see? And we'll put it to the people behind the radio station. Mm. Uh, later on. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Yeah, we're talking to uh, Maven Dave from Super Yacht Radio later on about Roman Abramovich's new Super Yacht. Um, and Alan the Evertonian says they definitely have a little segment every Friday at 3.30 called Ships of the Week. Very good, Alan. Very good. Uh, they have anchor of the day, says uh, Dave in Manchester. Yeah, because that's like, sort of numpty of the week or something. Thank that's you. Brilliant. Um, yeah, that that sounds very good. So we, we like the playlist as well. We we thinking anybody wrote well, a song called Sailing, Rod Stewart, Christopher Cross, they're quids in, aren't they? They'll get that's played. It. We could only think of those. Well, you can't play the theme in- from Titanic, can you? Because it's a bit like no. playing I Will Survive on hospital radio. So it's, right. it's it's not done. So if if you've got any uh, items for the playlist, we will. We will put it to uh, Dave and Maeve, Maeve and Dave, a little bit later on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, with uh, £430 million burning a hole in his pocket, Roman Abramovich could have gone and got Jaden Sancho and Erling Haaland and Jan Black and maybe one or two <laughs> other adornments for the Chelsea team, but no. I he, would. He fancied another super yacht, and who can blame him? It's a 460-foot Solaris. 
I can tell you no more than that. I'm not an expert in the field, believe it or not. I've never had a super yacht, but there are thankfully two people that can tell us more now. <laughs> uh, are Maeve and Dave Dempsey, the co-founders of Super Yacht Radio. Good afternoon, both. Good afternoon, Billy. Thanks for having us. Hello. Hello there. Oh, hello. So, yes. So where should we start? Um, Dave, tell us a bit more about Super Yacht Radio. Is this radio that's piped into Super Yachts or is it a radio station about Super Yachts? Um, it's a bit of both. Actually, It's very <laughs> weird being on this side of the microphone. So <laughs> you'll have to forgive me. I'm a bit thrown. Uh, Super Yacht Radio was a concept we came up with about three years ago. Uh, I worked in the super yacht industry, uh, putting in VSAT comms and networking systems and yachts. And um, Maeve was what we call a yachting widow. Um, she was based back in Antibes, south of France. And one thing that struck me in the industry was that we were very spread out across, we're global. Uh, wherever there's uh, sunshine, tropics, and, and fine weather, you'll find super yachts. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's a very close-knit uh, industry, and th- there's there's no marina that we could go to that we wouldn't know somebody or bump into somebody, etc. And it just uh, it, it was an idea we had about having an industry-focused uh, radio station that brought you know, good music, but also uh, in- information, talk to to. Um, industry leaders, uh, personalities, etc. And uh, so, yeah, came up with it about three years ago, and it's been going from strength to strength. Uh, We're very much focused on the industry. Uh, So, yes, we're listened to on boats, we're listened to by uh, crew and in many of the offices, even though they shouldn't be, I believe we're being played out as well. So, uh, fantastic. Is is it a very competitive world? This the world of super yacht owners. I mean, why why would a man who's already got a massive yacht, you know, why, yeah. why would you want another one? I mean, what what's the point of it? And <laughs> in the end, I mean, forty eight cabins. It's got it takes thirty six passengers and a crew of sixty. So that's almost double the amount of crew to look after them. It does seem something. I mean, it just seems odd, really. Think, that anybody would want. I this. think you've got different. I think you've got different drivers. Um, up to the point that we saw Russians coming into the market, uh, the super yachts, uh, the sizes of super yachts just grew slowly but steadily. Uh, uh, there was a stage where a 35 meter yacht would be considered a super yacht. Today, it really goes from 40, 45 meters, and then you've got the mega yachts, etc. When the Russians came on board, um, I think a lot of that was ego driven. And so, especially you were talking about Solaris and um, uh, Abramovich. I can never pronounce it. Yes, right. Yeah. Uh, the, there was an explosion there of of bigger, and uh, you know, you would see people buying a yacht or ordering a yacht, then seeing somebody else that they knew maybe in business or whatever ordering a yacht five meters bigger, and they'd go back to the shopyard and say, "Look, could you add another ten meters on there?" So. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of that as well, um, which kind of drove the, the size explosion. So, Maeve, um, he, but, he, I'm just going to say, Maeve, he, he would have these moored in different places. He obviously doesn't need to charter these or or, or you know, give them to friends, I don't know. But he, he will just have these moored in different places. And when he's in these parts of the world, he can just uh, leap on his super yacht, I take it. Absolutely. I I think, you know, what's interesting in our industry is that last year where, you know, come February or March, there was a, a huge drop, you know, everywhere around the world. 
by the end of last year, the charter and brokerage market for super yachts was doing very, very strongly and very, very well. So for our perspective, you know, whether you're ultra high net worth individual or, you know, you're a smaller millionaire for our industry, mm. everyone was locked down last year. And hence, there's like no more beautiful place when you've been locked down <laughs> than, you know, on the bridge of a, a boat where you can go anywhere in the world and be socially isolated and uh, so get out in the open. Yeah. The, the, to, to get to your question, I think the advantage that people like Abramovich has and also a lot of um, Saudi owners as well who, who would have fleets mm. of you know, two, three, maybe more boats. The advantage is that, yes, if, if you want to be in the Med, you can go down and join your boat in the Med. If you want to be in the Caribbean and you have a boat over there, you just pop over it. You don't mm. have to rely on the captain and, and weather uh, to reposition your boat course, to the place yeah. you want to be. Yeah, so that, that's... Um, we that's the thing. Now, I, I would like to say mm. we really welcome people like Abramovich into the industry because the the amount of employment and it's mm. quite a lot we see in the media about super yachts and the owners, mm. people going, "Oh, the one percenters," and they focus on, if if I can use the term, the bauble of the ownership of a, a yacht. You know, it's it's a it's a luxury like a Lamborghini or whatever. It's an item, but behind that. You've got thousands of people who are employed, thousands of families that rely on the industry. And so with him coming in and buying a 140 meter, and I look forward to him buying a bigger one next year, oh. um, he's <laughs> providing countless jobs, not only in the manufacture of the building of that boat, but also in the service industry that's behind it. Yeah. You know, the provisioning, the, the support of it, the crew. Mm. Uh, so it's, you know, it, there's a huge amount that he's actually giving yeah back by owning that 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 yacht so there's two sides to it sure there's the glossy with side with a crew then, oh god yeah no that was it yeah i was going to say with a crew of 60 though i mean is it competitive to you know to get the best captains mm. and i'd imagine it would be really or can anybody drive a boat? Like I doubt. I doubt. Sure Are you not going to spend four hundred and sixty million quid and, and let someone's nan uh, loose well, on it? Yeah, you, really? you, you well, want to trust your captain? Yeah. <laughs> That's the question. Uh, yes, anybody can drive mm. the boat if they've mm. been thought how to. Right. <laughs> uh, it's like anybody can drive a car if they've been thought how to. Yeah. Um, if you've got a boat of about 40 to 50 meters, you've got about 7 to 12 crew on it. Uh, but think of it as an industry. Think of it as, as um, a company. If you've got a small amount of people working there, you need a manager who can manage a small amount of people. But once you go up to 60 people, you're looking at a very, very different. You get to drive the boat much easier. Yeah, most of them will say that ten percent of their work is actually driving the boat. The other ninety percent is HR and business, and so making sure the IT is right yeah, and leadership and management. It's yeah. uh, administration. I mean, although yeah. they do, I mean, any captain of that size boat will have at least twenty years experience mm -hmm. under his belt oh. and have worked his way up with all his certifications wow. you know it, sound, it sounds time. it sounds like a glamorous business um i'm sadly we've run out of time but it's been lovely to talk to you both continued success with the radio station thanks very much for joining us thank you Billy. lovely to meet you both thanks paul and andy there we are maven mm -hmm. dave dempsey co-founders of super yacht radio when you're next on your super yacht guys
Don't forget the tune. I should have got the frequency, really. We've got some nice, we've got some very funny programming. Our old mate Andy Smart, mm. uh, he would love to hear, I'm sorry I haven't a crew. The uh, the radio, you'd have that on there, wouldn't you? <laughs> very good. And, and, and one that Andy could appear in, because it's improv-based, from Tony, who says, uh, whose liner is it anyway? That would uh, that would have to be in there. <laughs> That's good. And uh, so, yeah, and also there would be Martin Kellner's A Week in Port um, that we do every, <laughs> yeah. every Friday at uh, five past three, says James, a Leeds fan. So there we are. Everything you need to know about is a lovely, can anybody drive a boat? Yes, I wouldn't put you in charge of it. I wouldn't put you in charge of a mini, mate. I wouldn't put you in charge of a boat. I'd have a problem with the parking, you know, when you come into the harbour. That'd be yeah. a problem for me. They could do a handbrake. Uh, you just do one of those, just get into the gap. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. If you have got a super yacht, you might be in the market for this well, we, thing that I read about you, yesterday. Talk, I mean, with respect, there might be a few, there might be a couple of Talk Sport listeners. There's probably a lot of professional footballers going, I'm saying, yeah, right, at the moment in their bed. Yeah, Bob, Bob in our bro, he's got, he's he's got, got a, a super yacht. yacht. Yeah, he's it moored on, <laughs> yeah. on the on the Clyde or somewhere. Anyway, um, if you are that type, you might like this, which is the world's most expensive biryani. It's 194 quid. Wow. So uh, and it's it's basically um, it costs yeah that and it's carried in by on a giant platter by two waiters. Nice. It, it features mixed grill, kofta kebabs, lamb chops, and roast chicken, uh, accompanied by four sauces. And this is the bit. On top of that, we put twenty pieces of real gold leaf. Complete oh. waste of time. For that's, that's what Salt Bay does. It's such a waste of they do money. This every every time you hear a story about it's the world's most expensive meat pie. It's normally a meat pie with gold leaf. On it, that's the only thing that sets it apart, isn't it? The the level of gold leaf. What's the point? Yeah. It's such a point. Let's create the, the most ex- world's expensive <laughs> sausage roll. Let's put uh, like Greg's be some... doing it. Be tremendous. Yeah, <laughs> two hundred quid for a sausage roll. How much? Um, good point by Lawrence uh, in uh, yeah. Chiswick, your part of the world. And he says, does Roman Abramovich yeah. sack his super yacht captains as much as he sacks the managers? <laughs> yeah, you could probably. be you could be halfway across the Atlantic in helicopter. <laughs> Lands and off you go and um, have the marina grand of skies in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's true. You jump on the ladder and the next bloke jumps down. That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Oh, dear, oh, dear. And you know, I love the little stories around the newspaper. Mm. I've lived off them for years now. But there's sometimes I just look at them and think, how did this get in the paper? And this is Farmer Merrin Gilbard is celebrating after a sheep gave birth to four lambs instead of two near Liscard in Cornwall. How did that make the sun? Yeah. What, 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 who cares? I mean, is it that unusual that a sheep will give birth to four lambs instead of two? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a very rare thing. With that and super yachts, there's a lot of unanswered (laughs) questions today, really, I think. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. It's time to look at a week of sport on TV in the company of squad number nine, king of overnights. Uh, It is uh, (laughs) Martin Kellner. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon to you, boys. Yes. Now uh, we spoke yesterday to the uh, two directors of the new mm. Netflix movie on uh, Pele, um, and I, I, I know you've seen the movie, Martin. Mm. Enjoyed it very much. I mean, it's obviously the, the uh, it's right at the uh, headline of all the stuff that Netflix is doing at the moment. So they obviously have uh, huge hopes for it, but really good. I mean. I, I will always watch a documentary about either Pele, Maradona, Muhammad Ali or the Beatles. Um, <laughs> incidentally, I, I did watch uh, Eight Days a Week again. Oh, that's um, brilliant, isn't it? The yeah. uh, Ron Howard. That's oh, fantastic. The Beatles, yeah. the touring years. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this is fine. I mean, everything everything is in there that you want.
front, uh, starting really, I suppose, with the 1950 World Cup, where um, the whole Brazilian nation was shocked uh, by the fact they were beaten by uh, Uruguay uh, 2-1 uh, in Brazil. Mm. And um, you sort of got a, a view from that of how much football does, you know, how much the, the whole nationhood is tied up with uh, how the national football team is doing. Uh, Pele's father was a was a footballer as well, um, and uh, you know you, you had sort of archive footage of him, Maria, his sister. We heard um, it was uh, everything was there. So 1950, and then of course uh, 1958 when he um, went to play in the World Cup in uh, Sweden, which Brazil won the first of those uh, three World Cups. Uh, that three very different World Cups, obviously, mm. but that particular World Cup there was no real expectation. You know there weren't. That, uh, he wasn't that well known. Later World Cups, obviously, he was because Santos, the team he played for in Brazil, very much like the uh, Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, well, yeah, I can remember them playing at Sheffield Wednesday, I think, in the in the late sixties, and they did do that. And he became, in a way, the first star of the TV era of football. Mm. You know, we started off; we saw them all listening on the radio to the nineteen fifty World Cup. But by uh, fifty eight in Sweden, obviously, they beat. Wales must have had a hell of a team then because they yeah, held they did. Brazil to one nil in the quarter. John Charles final. Cliff, yeah. Ivor Orchard, yeah. yeah, great side. Yeah, um, there was that. There was that Charles, moment. Know, did you? You played football with him? Yes, I did. Wow. Just in a charity match. Uh, he was fifty-eight at the time. I was only fifty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was, he was 58 at the time and uh, still you know, and very, very paunchy, let's put it that way. Mm. Um, but still, still got a great touch, yeah. to be honest. The, the, that um, 58, when he reflects on 58, when he looks back on and and it's really, it's like he's back there, isn't it? When he's talking about it, and he suddenly bursts mm. into tears. And it's just that memory yes. of how he felt having won it. And, and like you said, it's so tied into the national consciousness. And that journalist says, they, I mean, he basically says the words, there is a phrase in Portuguese that basically sees, they see themselves as this kind of mongrel breed. He says it, doesn't he? And he said, mm, and that win yes, in 58 made them feel that, you know, they'd arrived as a nation, you know. So yeah. as you said, it's so tied up, I, football, so tied up with the way they felt. Well, it is, obviously. I burst uh, into tears program. when I think of the... <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Martin. I say I burst into tears when I think of England in South Africa in 2010, that World Cup. Oh, OK. For different yeah, reasons. Yes, I, think we all different, yeah. I think we all do. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I did enjoy the uh, interview. One of my favourites, um, uh, probably um, sort of uh, unexpected humour, but one of the interviews was, was shortly after he uh, got married. So it'd be in the 60s. It was mm. a black and white uh, interview and the interviewer asked a question that you wouldn't really uh, ask but the interviewer said um, was it hard for you to stay faithful to your wife apparently it was he did he <laughs> didn't to be fair i mean he is quite candid and as we were saying to the guys yesterday the fact yeah. that the film starts with him kind of shuffling in on, on a on a zimmer frame you know That's he is quite shock, frail. shocking moment that yeah isn't it? i yeah. mean because i think he, there is a i mean we talked to tim vickery about him a lot and he's on tv over in brazil a lot and you know, he, had, he does have an ego. He does care about his legacy. And, and Tim's feeling is that he's done mm. this film because, you know, he's a bit sepia-tinted. People can find a film of Maradona and they can find film of Messi, but they've kind of, he doesn't want people f to forget him. And I think when you... I, th I think it's done its job, hasn't it? Because you see what a player he was and how important a figure he was in the world of football and in Brazil. 
Yeah, fantastic. I mean, and and the problem was this, he's often unfair, unfavorably uh, compared to Muhammad Ali. That point was addressed mm. in that Muhammad Ali took a political stand on the Vietnam War, etc., to his own personal cost. Whereas when the military dictatorship came in in uh, 1968 in uh, Brazil, mm. um, Pele chose to remain completely non-political. And in a way, I, I can see his point of view a lot easier to be political in the United States than it was in Brazil at that time where people were disappearing and as I've already said that you know football was so interconnected with the sense of the of the nation um, and there's a brilliant interview with a, a former cabinet minister from the oh yeah he was, he was there. a piece of work wasn't he, he was like saying from the Sopranos oh, wow way unbelievable he was, have you not watched this yet you know <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. It's no, great. It's You'll love it. It's very it's good. good. Yeah. You'll I, I have been thing, watching... Especially... I was saying, Martin, I've been watching... Because you mentioned being compared to Muhammad Ali, and it's a bit timely because of what happened earlier in the week, but I've been watching the Tiger documentary on Sky Documentaries. Mm. I can't really yeah, Martin did see it. Yeah, you have seen that. Yeah, I, mean, I thought you, you told had. us about that. But it, yeah. also yeah. incredible... Film, I thought, really interesting. Yeah, Martin, we should. Uh, so, Pele, you should go and definitely check it out. It's fantastic. Uh, also, definitely. Yeah, sorry, Martin. If only for the, if only for the interview with. Uh, I mean, I know we've got a bit of a delay on the line today. If only for the uh, interview with Emilio Medici, who was mm. the guy who was part of the military dictatorship. When he's, asked, I couldn't believe it. it was he was asked. Um, you know, these people disappeared, and uh, I believe that was torture. He said, "Oh yeah, definitely." Oh yeah, he was. Definitely. He didn't mess about, did he? Didn't. Oh yeah, he was. Oh, he was, yeah, no. not, yeah, I won't be inviting him around for dinner. The, um, now, you've, no. Martin, uh, so that's on Netflix, worth checking out. Uh, talk about going above and beyond. You've watched a, a, a Peruvian um, surfing film for us. Absolutely. Uh, also <laughs> excellent. Um, you know, my view is, if you only watch one surfing documentary this year, that's the one to watch. Right. Um, it's a, a, a Storyville documentary on oh, BBC. Yeah. It's on the mm. iPlayer still. Mm -hmm. It's called uh, Into mm. the Storm. And uh, certainly if you've been, you know, if you've watched the film about uh, Pele or some of the various ones about Maradona, it also, you know, there's a lot about uh, Latin America in it as well. It's, uh, it's a young lad who's from the uh, Jorilos district uh, mm. in Lima, where all the houses have the sort of corrugated iron roofs and they all live in tin shacks, basically. Yeah, yeah. And there's no way out of there. You're really, you know, if you want to get out of it's crime or it's drugs, basically. Mm. And that's very, very clear when you watch it. Uh, but this chap, uh, he's, uh, as I say, a 14-year-old kid. His dad's in prison. He's not seen his dad for, like, 12 years or, or whatever. Um, he says, for me, surfing is a blessing. It's my life and passion. And it was one of these guys who um, sort of organised sports to try and get kids out of the barrio uh, and give them a new life. Mm. Uh, and he dreams about a world championship in uh, surfing. It's um, it's a bit late in that respect. It's a little bit like hoop dreams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Resisted, yeah, they resisted the temptation to call it wet dreams. Um, but <laughs> it's uh, just as well, it's, yeah, yeah. 
Well, yes, me just as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's into the storm. Uh, en la tormenta is the uh, is the south of, is the uh, Spanish for it. <laughs> is it, um, is it subtitles? A, you're a devil, you are, Martin. We were. Well, there we're, are, is there it are subtitles. There are subtitles. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is subtitled, but there's there's English in it as well, so it's okay. sort of mixture. And um, um, so but, I think we're more or less out of time. We, you, you will be. I think we are a shame. I think, yeah, well, I think you'll be back overnight. I understand, won't you? I'll be back overnight, but I'll be switching my internet off first and switching it back on again because we seem to have about a twelve-second delay between uh, <laughs> me. You know. What's like? We should tell me. We haven't what, what's lined up overnight? Do you know? Have, 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 have you, yes, I, yeah. I do know. Um, well, obviously, it's all the Premier League action. We yeah. uh, go to um, we go to Latin America, and we'll be speaking again actually about the Pele uh, documentary with our man in uh, Mexico. Mm-hmm. We'll also be talking about the uh, the epidemic of hippos in Mexico. Is there um, a hippo ep- ep- epidemic in Mexico, really? <laughs> there is. There I mean, is. That's like our hippotitimus, that was. <laughs> no, there is. No, what it is is the um, El Chapo, the uh, drug dealer. Yeah. Uh, the late, late El Chapo, yeah. I believe. Um, he bought these hippos for his um, private sort of safari park. Right. And they've been breeding like that. Chapo's hippos. <laughs> Chapo's hippos. It's uh, it's a documentary waiting to be made. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hit on Netflix, isn't it? Chapo's yeah. hippos. Now that the Tiger King is all locked up and uh, yeah. and Donald Trump refused to release him, um, Chapo's hippos. But yeah, so the, the, amongst many exciting items, we will be talking about the outbreak of hippos, and we'll be playing um, what you call the birthday spread. Yeah. What I like to call how old Cary Grant. Okay. Well. It's all right, yeah. um, Martin. <laughs> so one a.m. Um, till 6am. Yeah, 6 in the morning. Ridiculous, I know. Fantastic. OK, cheers, Martin. We'll catch you next week. <laughs> All the best, Brilliant. boys. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. We end today uh, looking at the non-sporting TV over the weekend. If you get a break, you need a break from sports. Um, there's a few options for you, courtesy of the Stars Brighton Supporting Reviewer. Mike Ward, good afternoon, Mike, as always. I should, I, yeah, I should just stress, when I said that I didn't watch that game the other day, If when uh, having watched some of Brighton against Crystal Palace, oh, yeah. that's why I watched um, Celebrity Best Home Cook. Because that's <laughs> yes. what happens. I, looked, I was following the statistics and I thought, oh, this is brilliant. We've had 5,803 shots on target <laughs> and they've had one. I'll yeah. watch the last 10 minutes. It's going to be lovely. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, yeah. it's oh, a shame because you missed it. a good performance. Form. Yeah, it probably was. I think you've got to kind of watch, see it through to the bitter end next time. The, tr- mm-hmm. the trouble with shots on target is that's a bit of a deceptive statistic. I mean, you could kick five shots at the keeper for penalties, couldn't you? And they're all shots on target, but it doesn't mean they're any good. No, yeah, that's very I true. Yeah. Yeah. You, were, you were rubbed. You, morally, you won that game, but sadly you don't That'll get do. points for that. <laughs> we'll be in the moral <laughs> Premier League yeah. next season. Now, I do yeah. love your description of Gordon Ramsay's uh, bank balance. You yes. say, continuing the nightly-ish game show in which oversight over-excitable contestants try to win £100,000 by balancing fake gold bars on a sweary chef's seesaw. <laughs> that's pretty much but that's it, really yeah. sold it to me. That's um, pretty much that's all it needs. I've tuned in by accident a couple of times, by mistake, <laughs> and that's effectively, it seems to be what's happening. And yeah. the level of answers to the questions, are, are, are they're going to be making private eyes dumb Britain by the sound of it. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, yeah. How, how long did you stick it out for? I, I, I think about just before other things came on, probably about a minute and a half. 
I mean, I, I, it's not. It didn't... I, I managed five minutes. Oh, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Well done to you. These are all going to go on the box on the back of the DVD box yeah. set. <laughs> uh, what, what, what's going on, Mike? Can you? It's explain? basically yeah, you answer questions in various different categories, and you mm. win these sort of fake gold bars because obviously you know it'd be pushing a bit to do real ones, um, and then you have to sort of balance them on this sort of topsy turvy. Um, it is like a sort of seesaw. I can't think of a better excuse because I don't have very many words in my vocabulary. I can't think exactly what it is, but basically mm. you balance this. And, and if you balance enough of these things on, you end up winning up to £100,000. But right. if it all collapses, um, what's that game you play where you have sticks and you have to pull them out? And mm. Jenga. Play? Jenga. That's, That's what this is. I mean, your fellow TV viewer, Ali Ross, called it uh, Jenga meets millionaire. So you think yeah, it's pretty with, bad, with a pretty bit much. of the cube. Yeah, with a bit of the cube. It's, it's right. in. I don't understand the idea of picking Gordon Ramsay. It's like... Chris Tarrant opening his own restaurant. What's I don't so much think well. Gordon Ramsay was picked. As, well, it's a Gordon Ramsay Ramsay Studios production, yeah. and it's three times a week. So for three funny weeks. enough, he got the gig. Yeah. Well, it must yeah. be, a, yeah. must be a hell of an interview process. Yeah. The um, goggle box is back tonight. It is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, the non-celebrity, that, just the punters. The show that thinks it's clever to talk all the way through TV programs. <laughs> yeah. So again, you know, they never watch goggle box on goggle box, or do they? I, I don't I've know. That would be a speed sort of <laughs> eating itself. Would be ridiculous. Just shout. Shouted it, but as as I've probably said before, it's great. But I do think they're very knowing and very aware these days. And um, does anybody ever really watch TV the way people on Gogglebox watch TV? No, so it's got to be heightened because if you just turn the cameras I'm, on and people just sitting there I watching just, TV, do you know what I want? That or it's like watching having a Zoom meeting with somebody who <laughs> doesn't really want to do it, and it's all a bit dark, and they're mm. you know mostly looking up their nostrils. I'd, I'd prefer that. I think you know. Heightened stuff can get a bit <laughs> yeah. exhausting after a while. You just think so. stop. Exactly. This Andy tried to be part of one of the other new series tonight, Grayson's Art Club yes. on Channel Four during the sort of first lockdown, and um, he, he didn't get on, did he? He's, he's no, I gave up when I realised how brilliant everybody else was. But the thing is, in all seriousness, no. You, I mean, you 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 feel a bit despondent, but your uh, in all seriousness, your your artwork is rather wonderful. But my, I, I can't draw. For toffee, so if you watch it, it is inspiring. But at the same time, you just feel very inadequate when you watch it. It just feels, oh, I can't, you know, just doodle on a pad. I also think it's slightly late. I think we could have done with this in sort of, you know, start of January. We really, you know, I think people started going out now. I know they're not supposed to, but <laughs> yes. I'm not sure. Well, they shouldn't. But there we Andy. go. I think you'll find yeah, they they be, no, people have yeah, started going find, out now. Well, well, I think you'll find if you drive around. And the yeah. streets, you'll see quite a lot of people out there. Yeah, but that's another that. story altogether. Yes. Um, um, so, should we answer tomorrow? Yeah. Should we look yeah. at uh, uh, there's a repeat of Billy uh, Connolly made in Scotland, the series on uh, BBC Two. Mm-hmm. But Alan and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway did it get decent uh, viewers Eight, last Apparently, week? it peaked to 8.1 million viewers, according to ITV. Mm. I don't know it slumped mm, at, right. it might have had 1.2 million or something. But, but yes, it did well. I mean, they if you're going to put a couple of guys in front of what is effectively a giant bank of TV screens and and sort of still be enthusiastic and make it entertaining, mm. then they did a, they did a splendid job of it. And of course they had you know you got your pre-recorded bits and you got Jamie Redknapp and Harry doing a fine. Uh, oh okay, fun, yeah, they're they involved little, in one of the wind ups. Did a little wind up, yeah. Mm. They pretended they were running a restaurant, opening a restaurant, and they, and they were sort of interviewing potential uh, candidates for it. And of course they were wired up to Anton Deck who were issuing instructions as to oh. how to conduct this interview. It's very funny. It's actually, it worked really well. They didn't so, interview Chris Darren. <laughs> <laughs> no. He's opening his own restaurant. Okay. Yeah. No, no, but not yet, anyway. <laughs> now, this is something to switch, I think, on Sunday. That's, uh, by the way, at 7 o'clock on ITV on mm. Saturday. On yeah. Sunday, um, ITV, 8 o'clock. This is something to switch from, wasn't it daytime, this? Um, is this McDonald's? No, and you're no? thinking of Hathaway and Shakespeare. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes, really? my wife loves that I can't that one. keep up. 
Uh, somebody we with watched. Am- a, we. I, I heard Jason Watkins being interviewed, so I decided mm. to check out the first one of the last, one of the ones from the last series, and it was quite funny. It had a sort of Death in Paradise feel yes. to it, really, a bit joke. Yeah. But in the end, two hours. You think, oh, I can't invest I, two hours. It's not in Davy Dodds, is it? The old Dundee United uh, frontman. <laughs> I, I doubt it. I wouldn't think it. It's, it's set in Bath. Yeah. I actually really liked it. I thought Beautiful. it worked really well. So it's three. It's three episodes of this mm. latest series. They're, they are two hours long, but obviously, you know, you just watch it a bit later and, and fast forward through the adverts so oh, it's an hour and a half trick of the um, trade there <laughs> who has ever done that um yeah and they're okay it's, it's all unlikely partners solving crimes in bar so he he plays a sort of very sort of an old school guy mm. who's sort of um, been around for donkey's years but he's quietly a quiet genius and she plays a woman who's sort of very ambitious and and, and sharp but actually sort of relies on him more than she is prepared, is prepared to admit. Mm. So they both need each other. But there's a chalk and cheese thing, which is as old as the hills as a concept. But mm. again, it works really nicely. And a good guest cast for the first one, Rob Brydon, mm. uh, Rupert Graves, Kathy Tyson, Martin Kemp, and Patsy Kensett wow. in it. Well, good yeah. cast, yeah. And a lovely backdrop of Bath, which is a beautiful place. It is yeah, a beautiful yeah, yeah. place, yeah. And I like the tone of it. It's, it's quite it tongue-in-cheek. two hours, Mike? It's, it is two hours. Two hours. Blimey, yeah, that's an investment. But anyway, you can fast forward. Through, I've said yeah, that you bit. can read the advert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nobody does that. Yeah. Well, they do. So, uh, also, a new life in the sun, um, colon, road trip. Um, this is uh, yes. not a colon, a colon road trip. Well, colon road trip, that's that's on uh, yeah. 10 o'clock on Channel 5 It probably next would week. be, wouldn't it? Yeah, the <laughs> Endoscope show. 7pm, uh, Channel 4. It's yeah. old Fred Syria. He's done well for a maitre d', isn't he? He's, he's done all Is awesome. he a maitre d' or a TV presenter? I'm not confused. He's, he's pretty he much everything now. Because yeah. he does that thing with Gordon Ramsay, Gordon, Fred and Gino, where they go off on jolly Go on together. holiday, yeah. Yeah, which mm. is torturously unfunny. So that's, that, <laughs> he's, he's in that. So he manages, he's got, he's got that one. He's got that thing where he goes to these sort of fancy restaurants yeah, abroad and just eats good gigs, oh that's good food. Yeah, i like that that's, that's good quite show, good yeah. yeah um don't think there's any gordon he's Ramsay not done one called you cannot be syria he hasn't <laughs> it's, a, it's a gift isn't where they, it? people audition to be him because yeah. there needs to be at least more at least several of him to, to, to make all these shows like rylan you can't just be one fred because there's got to be at least half a dozen and teen, people teen have to first audition. dates was quite fun this week that started that was quite fun we watched i didn't see that Did i've taken that? to watching these sort of bro- weird. My wife. Okay. <laughs> well, on my recommendation <laughs> well, no. it's just come to that <laughs> okay yes. and uh, sam matterface back fun. in work this sunday night because Dancing on Ice returns after yes. they, had to break, they had to have an injury break. Yes, they had an injury break. And I think Jason uh, Donovan's pulled out altogether. And they've just announced today that the final has been put back a week. Wow. Um, it's all over the place, isn't it? Yeah, it's difficult, it's just, it's, you know, it, It's hard enough normally because people are dropping like flies. But it's movie week, of course, <laughs> Mike, isn't it? It movie is movie week. week so uh, they'll be dancing to something from some films, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Sound a bit jaundiced, Mike. Like, it's all, like That result against Palace has got to you. A bit. Oh, do you know what? Oh, yeah. seriously. Don't, you, you wouldn't have wanted... They wouldn't have wanted to film Gogglebox in my house when I was watching that, put it that way. Really. Brilliant. All right, Mike, thanks very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Andy will be back alongside me on Monday from 1. Max in Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday when we'll have a birthday spread. And, of course, Andy back next Friday as well. So have a great weekend. Enjoy all the sport. And we will catch up with you then. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 